Hello, it's me, Luke Knowles, and once again, I'm back with another episode of Inside the Industry. This is a podcast where we take a peek behind the curtain of the unsigned and independent scene in the UK. We'll be talking to all the people who make up the kind of nuts and bolts of the music industry, both local and national. And we'll be talking all things industry, as the kind of name suggests. And hopefully you'll learn something, as I have learned so much so far. And we're only three three episodes deep. Um, well, anyway, let's crack on with today's episode. So this week I am joined by the man behind a brilliant company called Shoot First and that is Lewis Spears. How are you mate? Hey mate, yeah, not too bad, not too bad, how are you? I'm good, thank you, yeah, yeah, you've been um, kind of enjoying the on and off weather we've been having? <laughs> yeah, it's been lovely, yeah, yeah. I've been uh, you know, enjoying all, all of the rain, yeah. the, the glimpses of hope that kind of come through. I know, time. yeah, I thought about investing in a paddle boat. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad idea to be fair. <laughs> You might have to drill holes in the bottom of it, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about the weather. We're here to talk about the sort of music industry and sort of your role in it. So um, to kind of kick us off, do you want to tell us a bit about Shoot First, um, what it is you do and how it all started? Yeah, of course. So Shoot First is um, a digital marketing agency and a PR agency Yeah. Um, that I started in January. Okay. Um, officially started in January. And... The goal is to empower and educate sort of the next generation of artists. Okay. Um, giving them the information for free for, via our social media channels on how to navigate the industry. Yeah. Um, and how to stage their own campaigns. And then when they can't take it any further, um, we, and they're, and they're ready to build and add people to a team. Yeah. Uh, we run PR and digital marketing campaigns. Um at like affordable prices for artists at the start of their careers. Oh, brilliant! So it's kind of like like a mentoring toolbox. Yeah, kind I of suppose so. Yeah, I suppose it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. And what was the kind of when you started? Had you always had the philosophy of sort of giving back to the artists? Kind. Of, it's a long story. I mean, I don't know how much time we have. Well, go on. We, we've got enough time. I can edit it if it gets too long. All right. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Put you back to. Um, right. So. Uh, I've sort of been gigging and touring in bands since I was 16. Yeah. Um, hence the dodgy haircut and amps <laughs> and stuff behind me today. And uh, It's a brilliant setup if you go. <laughs> like obviously, obviously no one will see it. But yeah, it's a brilliant setup. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I've literally always had an interest in the music business side of things since that age. I remember yeah. I was promoting and ticketing my own shows when I was 16, 17 oh. um, for bands and stuff. That led yeah. me down to Camden. To pursue it a bit further, I did yeah. a music business degree, um, and I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be involved with. Yeah, there was a vague idea there, kind of thing. Um, so we get in the door first day, and they're like, uh, "Hopefully, you know, by the end of second, third year, you can be an intern." And I was like, oh, eh, "Great!" <laughs> so, so I was like, "Well, I'll try and apply for an internship now." But it turns yeah. out to be an intern, and this is maybe one of the things we can discuss. Um, yeah. You need about five years interning experience to oh, get one God. internship. Oh, it's one of those, to get the job, you need to have <laughs> done the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those horrific paradoxes we got yeah. through the door. So yeah. I thought, um, am I allowed, uh, what, what's language like on the... Oh, yeah, it's, 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 it's expletive away. <laughs> Great. So I said, fuck that. Yeah. And, uh, 
I thought I'd start my own experience and build them up. So I ran yeah. a promotions company. We had a monthly residency, trying to do monthly club nights. Yeah. Um, then I thought, oh, that was cool. Uh, well, let's do some journalism. So I was a journalist for about six months. I ran my own book okay. called The Zip. Um, yeah. Met a load of new bands, met a load of PR companies. Yeah. And then started doing some work for some indie labels. So there was Beautiful Fiction. Yeah. Um, they had a residency uh, at the Troubadour in South Kensington. Um, so helped a lot with their live stuff, but also helped a lot with their digital marketing side of things. Yeah. Um, and they were a management company with artists. So kind of learned a bit more that way. Yeah. Um, did, long story short, did loads of other bits and pieces. Ended up most recently at a place called Satellite 414. Hmm. Um, I was working there for about a year. And I was really lucky that I got to work on release like as part of the Dua Lipa's last album, uh, Future oh, Nostalgia nice. for PR yeah. and stuff. Uh, yeah. Rina Soyama's debut. And then I worked more closely on stuff for May Muller, Lola Young, um, Claude. Um, and kind of learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, it turns out like I, w I was always running <laughs> for like the last four years, like marketing campaigns for free for artists. Yeah. Because I thought, I want to get better at this, so I better start somewhere. Yeah, start off a portfolio um, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, turns out I was all right at it. And, um, <laughs> Not I, to toot my own horn. Ha ha ha. I thought, oh, yeah. Well, I, maybe that I wasn't all right at it. Maybe that it was the thing I enjoyed as much. Yeah, as it felt it. natural for you. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this whole time I've been, an, you know, I'm still an artist to this day. Like I love that. And yeah. If that's my career one day, superb. Yeah. But if it's not, it's not the be all and end all. Um, anyway, uh, I was there till January and turned down working for them, which to this day, uh, I, I may live, I haven't lived to regret just yet. <laughs> um, but I thought I needed to start my own company. Um, yeah. I think the way I always have been, it's based around graft and always kind of getting driven. Like, I've, for better or worse, like, normally what I have isn't enough because I'm, I'm like always wanting to attack yeah. that next thing. Yeah. Um, and the biggest problem that I've seen this whole time, so I've been like pottering around in the music industry about four or five years now. Yeah. Um, and every time, it'd be the same problem. Have you ever gone, um, you've definitely gone to shows. Yeah. Um, and you're watching a band or a new artist and you're thinking, why aren't they bigger than what they are? Why oh, are, definitely. Why is definitely. it me and nine other sweaty blokes with <laughs> yes. watching this band? <laughs> yeah. why, why aren't they playing Reading and Leeds? Stuff like yes. that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, just, I kept seeing it. And I, and, and I started to ask them every time, like whether it was <laughs> bands we were playing with. Um, yeah. And uh, they're going, half the time, it's cause they just didn't know how to, you know, stage or execute campaigns. Yeah. Um. Not f no fault of their own. No one had ever taught them. Like, how are they supposed to know? Yeah, um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. There's not a lot of like kind of. There's, there's a lot of PR companies ready to sort of try and push them, but not to teach them sort of how yeah. to do that kind of thing because it's it would then obviously take away their job. <laughs> yeah, it's because there's a lot of money in it. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is wrong. And uh, essentially, what happened was is that they maybe weren't ready to bring in a team they didn't understand that they could do it themselves and they didn't yeah. understand how the music industry operates yeah so it makes them very susceptible and very easy i mean being frankly you can rip them off all day long like if that's what i wanted to do yeah. as a business there is a market of musicians that are through no fault of their own it's very simple to be able to work with them and to make a lot of money and yeah I tell them they have to do it kind of thing 
Yep, and yeah. then charge him over a grand to do Ugh. it, and it's awful. Like that is, like I'm not a very serious person, but that makes my blood boil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been at both ends of it. I've seen uh, like PR agencies, marketing agencies trying to do it to me. Yeah, and then now I've being a satellite, you, you you see all sides of the industry. Yeah, um, and you see so many agencies that are doing this on a monthly basis. So I thought. There isn't an agency out there that's genuinely trying to put artists first and give them yeah. value. So Shoot First came about um, with that same goal of, well, let's teach them for free. Yeah. Um, let's be as honest and as transparent as we can and try and bring like a refreshing approach to it. Yeah. Um, I was still at uni till two weeks ago. So at the time I was like, <laughs> well, we'll keep this small. Yeah. Uh, we'll just do three artists and we'll keep it nice and like easy to manage. Yeah. Um, turns out we kind of exploded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I say we like it's me and some other alter ego. But there is now a team of three of us. There's, yeah. Uh, I've had to bring in two interns. We've worked on oh God. over 20 campaigns. We've got seven artists on the roster right now that have just joined in the last month or so. Yeah. And it's kind of like a, an amazing thing. And it's it's really nice that, you know, that you can have that approach of just being... Yeah, genuine and just working yeah. for the artist because there's a lot of people like through starting my own thing with Barstool and that I've met a lot of kind of like-minded people like myself like you that are that are out there sort of they're, they're at the bottom but they're slowly working for the artists yeah. to kind of try and turn the tide of sort of what's going on in the industry at the moment because like do you feel obviously from when you sort of started working sort of back at 16 has, has there been a noticeable sort of like change in the industry sort of when obviously with the sort of push now for digital marketing and all that sort of stuff? I think so. I mean, my experience is probably very different to most others. Yeah. Like, uh, I grew up in Lincolnshire, like farmland. Yeah. There's one yeah. venue for 30 miles and <laughs> there wasn't a scene. And so I had to sort of build one. So that's why yeah. I got into promoting events because like well my band can't just play every weekend otherwise we're gonna get yeah. you know, really embarrassing um, you want to but you've got to be humble <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 and uh, i was like well let's try and you know find some other bands and let's start yeah. building it but um, it's amazing what's happened in the last five years where i was talking about this to someone the other day the diy model which was five years ago it was so cool and important that yeah, you can see people like Chance the Rapper. We can do everything ourselves. We don't need management. We don't need marketing. We don't need anything. Yeah. Um, I'll get crucified for saying this, but <laughs> the DIY the DIY waddle model doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, it's amazing if you can make it work, but yeah. now who we class a DIY independent artist, they have marketing teams, they have PR teams, they have management teams. Yeah. Um, and that's a great thing. Because it's ultimately, you know, for some people, it, it's different for each artist. But yeah. you have to understand that in order to go that next stage, the amount of work and logistically, the amount of contacts that you'd need, you know, you need to build that team. Yeah, and um, it'd probably be difficult to be an artist and do all the admin side of things and yeah. still stay kind of passionate about the music. Because I reckon sometimes the admin stuff, it can get quite grinding. <laughs> Soul destroying, I think is yeah. the word. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to be nice. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm talking from my personal experience. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, I know. Um, I, I, from what I've experienced as well, it can be quite like tedious at times and things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, 
Sorry, I'm a bit blunt this morning. <laughs> no, that's it's what I, uh, we're here for, blunt <laughs> conversations. <laughs> the truth. The yes. You can't handle the truth. Um, <laughs> but no, it's... Um, I, I don't know. I think the one thing I've seen is there's a conscious switch in mm. the perspective of an artist. So if you'd asked someone five years ago, you need a PR team, you need a marketing team. Yeah. Would you, uh, in my circle, and I, I don't want to speak for everybody at all, but yeah, yeah, it was very much a case of no, we don't need that. That's selling out. That's like making us, you know, no better than the label. Yeah, yeah. Whereas now there is an understanding of okay, we know what we need. We know we probably need management to get to that next level. We know we need either we need a marketing and PR team, or we need to know and have an understanding. Yeah. Um, and I think that's become especially prevalent. As I think that's the word. Yeah. Uh, in in the last sort of three or four years, mm. um, and I think that's something why we've been able to grow so fast is because people are now open to, oh, okay, we do need, yeah, know these things, um, and that's been a great thing to be able to teach people and show them how to do these campaigns as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I I guess that's the biggest change I've probably seen. Yeah, because obviously with the, with the lockdowns and everything as well, it's it's kind of for me it's impacted in that there's a lot more emphasis on the online side of things, which I think is kind of more. Do you feel that kind of artists being sort of not not necessarily forced, but like made to create fresh content to beat algorithms and all this? Sort of, do you think that's kind of a slippery slope for the music industry, or do you think it's kind of like the inevitable next step? It's a very good question. Mm. I think... Mm. <laughs> uh, you've got me. I know. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, it's... Um, so this... Uh, I, the only way I can answer this is from like my sort of experiences, I suppose. Yeah. Um, there's some artists on my roster right now who love making content. Yeah. And it comes very naturally. It comes very easily to them. Yeah. There are some other artists... They like putting out content, but they don't know how to make it. They don't really get social media. They're not that interested in it. Yeah. They're, whether that's they love playing live, that's always been their thing. Yeah. Um, and it's very difficult for them because now, especially in the last 18 months, it's coming up on, um, That that's the only way your music will be heard. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone should feel pressured to make content. Because simply put, if you force it and it doesn't come across authentic, then you... It goes against you then. It goes, yeah. It does worse yeah. things and it does better things. Yeah. Um, because it's, you can tell when you see a band and you're going, trying to do a TikTok trend or something, <laughs> or playing a Dua Lipa cover on acoustic guitar, and you're yeah. like, I get why you're doing that. And I think mm. it's great that you're, you're, you're thinking to that way. But it's very obvious to me that you don't want to be playing that Dua Lipa track. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You can, you can no see the haunted Lipa, look the in the face. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dua Lipa's amazing. But I, I yeah, just yeah. Mean it doesn't... <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to get killed. Uh, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> no, I know what you mean. It's, it's like like bands that kind of like Ed Sheeran, like it's a nice songwriter and all that, but people still get fed up of having to play stuff all the time because it's yes. so popular. So like you get that haunted look of like, yeah. I'm just going through the motions now kind of thing. There's yeah, no... and it's like, how is that developing your career? Is that actually yeah. going to help you? And if the answer is no, then it's a case of, well, you know, there is a marketing strategy that suits everyone. Gabrielle yeah. Say, who uh, was was on was on the Barstool podcast. Oh, yeah, a treat to interview, um, yeah, yeah. 
an amazing artist. Like, yeah. really left field, really different. If yeah. I go in there with a strategy like, let's do this like an indie rock band or like a normal <laughs> band, where it's like, push content out, try and be really personal, it doesn't work. It comes across yeah. as disingenuine and... It, because it doesn't suit who Gabrielle is as a person. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the the best advice I gave this to I was talking to the band yesterday. Best advice that when it comes to marketing, like there are your Damien Keys, there's your Burster Mode, there's us trying to tell you how to do things. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you should make every decision based on is this true to who I am as an artist? Yeah. Um, and what story am I go- trying to tell? Um, I was talking to couple of years ago there's a guy called martin atkinson yeah who he was the drummer in uh pill like public image oh, okay yeah um and he, he just does a lot of stuff he's just ex like <laughs> punk rocker punk rocker sorry yeah um, runs a label now and stuff and mm. he was going i can't remember the quote now this is just gonna come off awfully <laughs> uh you might have to edit this out but he said <laughs> um was like the, the the most valuable commodity to we're going really deep the most valued commodity to human beings is stories yes Um, and yeah if you think of anything you buy (laughs) maybe you're not maybe not everything but most (laughs) things that you buy or want to buy um are derived from your interpretation of stories or how much you enjoy the story behind the thing you're buying yes so for instance um that Vox guitar amp that sat behind me. Yeah. This story of the Beatles all playing one Paul Weller. Yeah, yeah. You go, oh, I love that sound. The story. I want that sound. Yeah. I want that. You know? Yeah. Um, The reason why you might listen to Seagulls over Catfish and the Bottle Men, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Because in their interviews, they're telling you more relatable stories that appeal to you. Yeah. Their brand yeah, I do. is an, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I was going to say like because whenever I I love doing interviews, um, and sort of the way I pick an interview is either the song's very the song really intrigues me or the person intrigues me. And like with Gabrielle, say the song was so refreshing and new. I was like, I I need to know the artist behind this, and it was just great talking and discovering the story behind the song, and that's what I love doing and kind of why I love doing these conversations as well. So I do think it was it was really right to go that deep and sort of say something like that because i do think we are all pulled in by the story and enjoy having that deeper meaning even if we don't realize it sometimes yeah um, i i uh, this is only something i've picked up the last couple of years yeah really, but um uh, y- y- you do see it i mean suddenly it becomes a great explanation for why campaigns don't work yeah or why they do work you know it goes back to what we were saying if um an artist is doing something that doesn't feel right or it's disingenuous. Yeah. Um, the first thing you'd check, it's like checking a car, you know, you see which bits <laughs> aren't failing. <Yeah>. So, <coughs> well, were you true to yourself? Did you try and talk about a story or was there any story there? No. Yeah. That's probably why it failed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's I, I think that's kind of my... No, I, th- my, I think it's... two cents. I don't think it's a good... Because is that how, like... Um, kind of neatly segueing into it is that kind of how you pick and choose sort of the artists that you kind of take on long term in a sense of like you like to get to know the person rather than just listening to their music and going yeah that's good yes yeah so uh <laughs> I, there isn't a strict process on how i'd work with um 
Like I thought starting out, oh, we'll just be really niche. We'll be a, you know, an indie agency. Yeah. You know, and trying to, we can be different that way. Um, and then started, people like Gabrielle started sending me their stuff. I was like, I, I don't want to be an indie rock agency <laughs> anymore because they sound great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's about what speaks to you, you know, in the same reason why we have guilty pleasures. Uh, yeah. When we listen to stuff. Yeah. You know, I love ABBA, but <laughs> I shouldn't. Yeah. Mine's Katy Perry. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Yes. And I've just admitted that on a podcast that everyone I know listens oh, to. You're in, you're in trouble now. <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. K- Katy Perry. And that song, um, oh, what is it now? Tick, tick, tock, and you stop till the pub. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew what it was called, but that's a great song. When that comes on in the bar, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't want to dance. Yeah. It's, I d- I d- I don't want to dance, but I can't help it. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> anyway, quick move on, quick. No, but yeah. So, as I'm you say, sure you kind of now. you kind of expanded beyond that sort yes. of initial thought of oh, I want to do indie rock because I love indie rock. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, I really like that as well. And uh, let, let's try this. And then before you know it, you're quite an eclectic sound yeah, going so, on. We're so varied on the roster yeah. at the minute. Uh, I love it. I really do love it. I mean. Um, you can't see this, viewers, listeners, but uh, <laughs> behind me, I'm in my office at the minute. Yeah. I kind of just work off whiteboards. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I'm so old fashioned, I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, keep it old uh, school. <laughs> yeah, keep it old school. <laughs> no, one, no one can hack my data. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what you can't see is the tinfoil yeah. hat next to me. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surrounded my roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't let them in. Um, yeah. So on our roster right now, there's a lot of like folk. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of, I've just started working with three new artists this week and we've gone post-punk. There's a band called Had A Bee. Okay. They're signed to a label called Last Night From Glasgow. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. I get emails from them. They're, they're yeah. a nice label. Pick some good artists. Yeah. I've never known a label run like that. They run yeah. a, they're a completely non-profit. Um, yeah. With everything coming from a, like a Patreon model. I was talking yeah. to Ian Smith, who runs it all. Yeah. Great chap. Yeah, really good. Um, but yeah, it's kind of varied from, we've got a punk band, Eddie's House, a bit of post-punk, like indie stuff, had a yeah. B, Afrobeat through Gabriel Say. Yeah. Ben Myers doing a lot of like folk rock, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still think I played Ben Myers. I think it was yeah, Thunder yeah. that came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It was a great, great track that was. Yeah, I like that a lot. And um, yeah, just, I think it's whatever tickles your fancy, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, to, to put it frank, yeah, um, it's got. We, I've kind of established a, a, a system now of when I of how I choose them, I suppose, and it's it's not like an exact science, but either I'll approach bands that I really like, yeah, and or, or, or artists rather that I really like, and I go, oh, these are great. I'd just love to make them aware of us. Yeah, the other half of the time is through our social media, we get quite a lot of following and engagement where. It's from new artists, and they want to work with us. Yes. Um, so I always, before I do anything, just have a meeting, no pressure on it, and just I want to get a feel, like like how we're chatting now. Yeah. Um, and go, are these people that a I want to work with, and b are they interesting? Are they are they, and also, are they at a stage where they genuinely need my help? Yeah. Like, are they go? Are they getting a bit too too fast? Like, do they still need like a bit of slow yeah, cooking kind well, of thing? That that and also more more like i think it's less than that it's more 
if I feel I'd be coming in there and taking their money to do a job that they could be doing, yeah, um, I wouldn't want to do it because I want them to be able to know the basics, know what I'm on about when I, you know, I want to come in there and give them so much more value. Yeah. And if I feel that they can do it by themselves, I'll tell them and we'll help them. We'll go, look, here's how we do it. Um, take this, yeah. use it, run with it. Then when you're ready, come back and we'll talk. Cause yeah. So many times as a band, uh, I didn't know at the time that we'd be able to do the marketing, do the PR ourselves a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. We'd have saved a lot of money, I think, um, <laughs> had we known that. Yeah. I, and, and that's where I think we're trying to be a bit different. Um, and maybe just learning to say no, to say yes and have much better results and better <laughs> connections with people in the future. Yeah, I know, and that's that's a, like um, I think that's a brilliant philosophy to have is like not saying yes just because they've asked, but actually, like you said, getting to know them and seeing if it's necessary. Like, are these people that yeah. can do it themselves? Because at the end of the day, that a lot of independent unsigned artists they're either working second jobs or they're scraping together all yep. that they can just to push the next release and. Yep hopefully with sort of like the start the uprising your company and various other companies around the uk that are sort of know that are coming like non-profit labels all those sorts of things yeah we should hopefully start seeing a bit of a change at the grassroots level that can slowly build up for the next generation of musicians yeah exactly well i mean i've I've, i follow uh mark david um yeah ceo of uh music venue trust yeah um and they're sort of saying there's a big question now, you know, who's going to start t- twenty years time? Who's headlining Glastonbury? Yes, assuming that you two are st- not alive, <laughs> <laughs> still playing guitar, and Foo Fighters have retired, and Liam and Gallagher's Foo-Fighters finally given into his liver, <laughs> and 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 Muse have decided they can't headline it for the fifteenth time. Yeah, he um, can't do backflips anymore. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many giant robot magnetic gimmicks that they can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love all those bands. Yeah, Foo Fighters, the first show I ever went to, uh, huge fan. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, there, but you've got to look there beyond. Has to be a, yeah, there has to be others. I, I think I was listening to the first episode of this with um, was it Girl Grown? Records? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that, and uh, they were talking obviously about festival lineups and things yeah. like that. And um, yeah, they're kind of right. There's so many great bands. I mean, you think Black Honey. I've just got a top 10 record yeah. f- with an album. Why aren't they on main stages? Yeah. Um, why does it have to be? I mean, I know why it is. It's because uh, they're, a- they're very attractive to people our age or my age. and, 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 and uh, Yeah, who've the got the disposable income for festival yeah. tickets. The yeah. people who can afford to pay, the people that want to watch Lionel Richie at three o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? So it's... <laughs> Hey, it's great. We'd yeah. all like to be dancing on the ceiling, but yeah. <laughs> but there has to be a point in which, you know, new bands are coming through. I mean, Wolf yeah. Alice getting to play Glastonbury main stage. That was the first time I. Uh, this was like a couple of years ago now, but yeah. I remember seeing it. I was thinking, and I, my first thought was, they shouldn't be on there, because <laughs> I was like, they're not. They're not big enough. And then I thought, oh no, great. That's them taking a punt on a band they really like. Yeah. Um. That's how it came across to me. Maybe that's not quite what happened, but yeah. But look, from an outsider's perspective, this this is the thing. Like, no matter what they decide, it's how 
we as the public when we see these festival lineups view it and like they can think like their reasons could be oh well there wasn't that many female artists that actually applied or there wasn't that mm. many folk artists that applied but all we see is well all you've done is pick bloody Liam Gallagher again to headline like what, yeah. <laughs> what what's yeah. what, what's the problem like there's clearly enough music out there that yeah, definitely it's all it needs is festivals to take a chance on it and I think at this point in time now I don't know about you but a lot of people I know who buy festival tickets, they're not really fussed as to who's playing. They're going for the atmosphere. Yeah, they're going to have a good piss up. Yeah, they? yeah. And especially at like Glastonbury, it's all about the mud. <laughs> it's about the mud, the toilets and the drinking. <laughs> hey, don't get me wrong. We all like the mud, the toilets and the drinking. Yeah. Not necessarily in that order, but yeah. uh, it's... It's great, but yeah. at, the, at the same time, and, and you think of the great stuff at like the park stage at Glastonbury, yeah, some great things, and um, you know what? Like, I, I do feel there's there's a lot of us that are really doing a lot of great things. Yeah, sometimes there's a lot of uh, yeah. You have to find a balance because obviously festivals aren't just for music lovers, like you say, and yeah. you have to cater and 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 have a great party, and yeah. If, you're going there to get pissed with your mates and you're going, who the fuck's that? Like, yeah. And uh, th- there's, a, I, I understand it's a business. Um, yeah. And it's not necessarily for music lovers. And it's very easy as a music lover to go, why aren't you doing more? Yeah, yeah. And but, but then I think that's where, like, sorry to interrupt, but that's, that's where no, I no, think, it's... like, grassroots festivals are kind of on the rise. Um, yes. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of like one just just one day off festival. Like there's a brilliant festival up in Manchester. Um, I'm actually hoping to talk to the organisers of uh, a festival called No Man's Land, and it's a one day festival with nothing but female artists on. That's incredible. And it's kind of these little festivals, and they start like I organise a charity festival in the summer. Obviously, haven't been able to do it this time, yeah. but again, it's just a one day thing. I pick local bands from Birmingham. They don't even have to be like have any singles recorded i just like what they're doing and i put them on and we have just a, a nice time in a pub garden and it's, it's right. various little festivals like that that i think could potentially be the future for a lot of music lovers who want to go to festivals and uh, a rise in those kind of grassroots type thing because that would that be something that maybe as shoot first you may look into in the future is maybe organizing sort of like a showcase festival for all your talent kind of thing um, yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, obviously my background is in promoting and live events. Um, yeah. It's definitely something we'll get back to doing. Um, I know that I organised kind of like, it's kind of like a, w- when I ran a blog called The Zip, Yeah. the goal was can we do five dates, like The Zip presents, like three yeah. bands from each city, and we were sort of, I say city, we were going to like local areas, so it was like London, I think we did one in Bedford, Milwaukee, Keynes. Yeah. Kind of like, it was a lot more like subsectors than actual cities. Yeah, um, yeah. And that was great because there's a real want and demand for new music. Yeah. Um, from people of all ages. I mean, when I go to watch new bands, um, I'm normally one of the youngest there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is, no, that's fantastic. Cause yeah. Because you're getting the people with disposable income, you know, 30 to 50 to whatever, um, the people that got a bit of cash to burn and they're the ones supporting the artists because, yeah. you know, at the end of the show, I'd love to go. I'd love to have a, a pint. I, c- I might buy a T-shirt. If I can't buy a T-shirt, a record and something else. Yeah. But they're there, like, filling their boots with merch. Yes. That's great. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. That's so good. Um, 
I've, so I've, I wasn't being rude when I was on my phone. I was just, when we were no, talking no, about no. lineups, um, I saw they announced Primavera Sound for 2022. Okay. Um, I actually think it's one of the best lineups I've seen in the festival in a, in a little while. Yeah. Um, they've got, like, Georgia Smith, who I think is, you know, reasonably new. Yeah. Uh, she's headlining. Wow. Um, I think they've heard it. I think they've heard the message. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 not quite. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Strokes are headlining. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a, but they've got Georgia Smith. It's it's a step it's in a the start. right direction. And you've got you've got to kind of go. Okay, you've you've done that now. Let, yeah, let's it's not good enough. Further. But yeah, <laughs> but it means that you know at least everyone banging on the door is hearing it. Yeah. Um, I think though, gen- like looking at the whole lineup, there's a lot of really interesting new artists. Yeah. On that first announcement, I mean, even having you know Nick Cave um, and the Bad Seeds as headlining at a major festival—that's—I'm yeah. not saying that's well, that's groundbreaking because he's been around for thirty years. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's slightly left field. It means they're more open to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm not the best at articulating things. No, no, I know what you mean. It's, it's almost yeah. as though they've kind of, like you said, because a lot of people with like Glastonbury and Reading and Leeds and all that, it's it's sort of your same old bands interchanged for headline slots and support, mm-hmm. main support and all that sort of stuff. So obviously, as I said, like the, the smaller festivals, not necessarily like the real grassroots ones, but even like the smaller ones that aren't on a par with like Glastonbury and all that, they are clearly saying. Let's let's step outside the box a little bit, and I think as long as if one if one of them does that, then the next one along will be like, well, well they've done it. Let's try and go a little bit further, and hopefully that's how the change will come by. Even if it is just sheerly competing to be the most, yeah, <laughs> sort of out the box. Um, yeah. either way, it'll be a change. Well, yeah, I think that is how change. I mean, my God, if you'd said thirty years ago, will Jay Z headline Glastonbury? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> But that that same thing came about as everyone going, no one really likes rock bands so much anymore. This is what everyone's listening to. Yeah. So one, like Reading Leeds might have started it, and someone else started it. And Glastonbury yeah, yeah. goes, fine, they'll be our headliners. Yeah. It is, it's it's that, th- that domino effect. Yeah. We've seen it before where it has the power to change festivals, so why can't this do the same thing? Yeah. Um, and well, the ho- hopefully it's it's starting like with No Man's Land and various other things like that. Hopefully li- live at Leeds, that's yeah. a great one. Yeah. Great Escape Fest, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, for new music. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree, and it's it's a very exciting time. I think coming out of this. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think as well. I think one of the problems. I think Richard men- mentioned it on the last pod- podcast of this. He said that a lot of it as well is down to kind of like the media not really pushing the new music angle and sort of sticking with who's going to get them to click on the article kind of thing. And and I don't know about you, like as a PR person, do you feel that there needs to be more done on a PR front to push? the newer artists and maybe sort of put them in people's faces rather than just like the same old faces. I think so. But I would take the view where if I can't change the media yeah, from my little bedroom with yeah. an amp and whiteboards in it, then I would go marketing and I would skip out the middleman and yeah. I would double down on marketing and push it into everyone's faces to get click rates through Facebook ads, through Instagram ads. Yeah. Because no one reads newspapers. Everyone, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, BBC News or the Sunday Times or the Daily Mail. Yeah. <laughs> Daily Mail. Um, <laughs> th- they're getting all their revenue now from social media and people clicking on the videos yeah. and the viral things or whatever. Um, but there are so many bands. This is the thing. Now that bands are switched on to marketing, if they know how to do a, a really great targeted advertising campaign, yeah. 
they can reach just as many people as the newspaper for the new track if the yeah. content's there, if the story's right, yeah. if the strategy's right. I mean, look at uh, Mark Lipperman at Scruff of the Neck, yeah. who I love. They've just done the Raytons EP, yeah, um, and they got a top 40 record with it, with barely any budget and just hammering down. Like, yeah. And now they're doing a debut album that they're saying is going to be a, a top 20, top 10 record. Yeah. You know, and it they're d- a, a small band. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be done. It, and nicely looping back, that is what you are aiming <laughs> to kind of do <laughs> with your with your yes. thing, isn't it? Is just give give bands the tools to do it themselves and then come in further down the line and be like, right, you need a little bit of help on the admin side so you can, can concentrate on your album. We'll deal with this. You get creating. Yeah, and... Uh, I, I, I'm I'm not a bit. I don't know. This is the first time where I've had to put my face on something other than like my music. Yeah, and and um, I'm not the most confident of people at the best of times, <laughs> and I know you feel, yeah. certainly don't back myself into many things. But yeah. this is the w- first thing where I've thought, great, if this has the potential to change the industry in yeah. terms of. Not by ourselves, by no means by saying, shoot first. Gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean, but like cause a ripple. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least help form or be part of a movement. Yeah. You know, there's people like Girl Grown. There's a great um, startup company called uh, Good Girls Don't. Run by, uh, got some great friends called Evie yeah. um, and Grace. And they are supporting um, LGBTQ plus non-binary artists. Yeah. Um, what you know everyone's trying to everyone sees that new artists across the board need better representation better help yeah um and there are so many people working towards it now can you imagine what would happen if all of them came together oh uh, it it would be the change <laughs> I, I, mean, th- I think stuff, stuff like this is now connecting us i had no idea girl grown existed yeah and now i message him on instagram and hopefully you know i'd love to work with them on something yeah yeah de- de- definitely um, it starts like that. Yeah, just it does. partnering things. It does. And, you know, why can't something like the Music Venue Trust happen? Yeah. For people like us. And yeah, and it's it's kind of it's kind it's kind of a bit of it, it's kind of a double edge with the lockdown in that one I think that this has gotten a bit more traction, like things like the Music Venue Trust it's got a bit more traction because of lockdown, because more artists have kind of swarmed to support the venues that they play at and kind of be an advocate for them. But then I think it's a shame that it took a lockdown to get traction, if that yeah. makes sense. Like it, it took everyone having to stop to be like, oh, damn it, maybe we need to like do a bit more yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. Like, and, and I think that just comes from, like I said, the whole headspace you can get in as an artist and as a PR company. It's all about, right, I need to create content, I need to do that. And you don't really get time to sit back and reflect on the wider picture a lot. And I think that the lockdown, I don't know about you, but for me definitely, has allowed me to take a wider look at the industry and maybe target what I want to do a little bit better than if I dive straight into a fast-moving river kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a shame. And not to be the pessimist, but there is a part of me that's like, is it going to go straight back to the way it was as soon as the floodgates open? Yeah, it, it's easy to get. Like, even Bryony from Girl Grown was saying, like, it's, you think there's traction and then all of a sudden something will happen. You'll be like, mm. ugh. But so then it's it's finding people like us coming together and other people coming together to pick each other up when mm. those things happen. Go, no, come on, let's keep going, let's keep going. 
Ah, I know. I mean, there's so many people. I think of Megan Gray, who's running Vocal Girls, doing yeah. incredible stuff. There's Chloe Johnson, who's doing Conscious Being, which are supporting um, disabled creatives to yeah. get freelance uh, journalist careers off the ground. Stuff. Yeah. There's hundreds and hundreds of people doing this. Yeah. Um, and the best thing about the lockdown is that whether the traction continues or doesn't, now we're very much very self-aware of who else is around. Yeah. That we that we wouldn't be before. So whether if the traction continues, great, we'll all pounce on it and we'll try our best to continue it anyway and yeah. keep everyone, the public, aware. If they're not, it's fine because now uh, there's an opportunity at place where we can start coming together on things. Definitely. Well, it, it's like I mean, you're like you're Dan London, I'm in Birmingham, yet we're still able through the power of technology to yeah. come together discover each other and support each other in any way shape or form no matter how Honestly. little or big it is i mean i've got two interns asher is up in leeds yeah um jack's in birmingham i've never met either of them yeah personally um but we're able to do some amazing things yeah and that that's that's astounding to me how that, that can happen yeah um you know as awful um as the covid pandemic has been it's highlighted several alternative ways of doing things that i think will stay yeah um you know touch wood in office anymore <laughs> yeah yeah um there's you know for the majority i i want it to go back to the way it was um yeah but, but, but think, uh, there's things like yeah. you said it's changed for the better i think in some senses and, and i think to to keep those changes and not let sort of your natural instinct just to go back to normal it's kind of like well no let's not go back to normal let's go back to and i hate the phrase but a new normal <laughs> oh <well then laughs> it drives me <laughs> mad hearing that but like it's the only way of describing sort of like keeping that kind of interlinked nature that we've got now yeah and moving it and bringing it into the wider world that's open but still keeping that personal connection over technology as well i think so i think i don't know uh, I completely see what you mean. I completely yeah. empathise with it. I don't know if I can agree a new normal, but I understand it's the way to to describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I hate um, I hate the phrase, but like I can't think of any other words that kind of. I, <laughs> I suppose it's it's a way of. <laughs> Here's a terrible metaphor for anyone that's seen <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Okay. Right. <laughs> spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Turn away now. He dies at the end. Um, <laughs> there's a scene. In which, this is showing my age, there's a scene in which Tony Stark, five years into the future, he's developed a family. Yeah. It, you know, there's been a terrible event, and off the bat of it, he's got a better life. But yeah. There are literally half the population who have had a really shit time of it. Yeah. And this new, better life, they don't want. We're very divided as we are right yeah, now. Right? Yeah, yeah. And they go, if there's a way to fix it, Tony Stark really wants to fix it, but he says, I can't lose what I've got. I want everything to come back as it was, but I yeah. can't lose what I've gained. That's the way my mind works. Yeah, That's bizarre. Yeah. But do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, no, no, it's, it's, it's um, a brilliant metaphor. Like it's a, And even for anyone who hasn't seen like Endgame, it, the, the, it's basically it parallels exactly yeah. what we're, we're talking about right now. Like the, This thing has happened. We want it to go back to normal, but we don't want to lose the, the progress that we've made. Yeah, and also I don't want to... Yeah, yeah, no, completely. You yeah. just you have to. I think some of it's great. I think there are certain uh, permanent solutions to temporary problems. Yeah, is the best way I can describe it. That maybe we have to be careful of. Yeah, I mean, uh, things like the the police um, 
bill I, I can't remember the full name of it that's going through different things like that yeah aren't good and, and it's very true to that's getting too political that's a different story but um <laughs> it's a whole um, different podcast <laughs> it's uh yeah it's it, you know there's there's various things where yeah there's been some amazing things that have happened yeah never in my life or you know talking to my dad never in his life has he seen people come together as they have black lives matter movement yeah or um you know there's it, everyone's become so passionate about things yeah because they've had time to see what's going on and to reflect and we're seeing that again now um you know, when you look at what's happening in Palestine and Israel. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't condone or encourage that more of people seeing that's not right. Yeah. And going, we're going to come together now. Yeah. And say something. Um, or even by going, I love that. And coming together and do something. Yeah. So for us, I love new music. I'm going to support it to yeah. the day I die. I imagine you will too. Yeah. You def- get on so well. Definitely. We, we, we share the same values. Yeah, yeah. All these other people are. And now we're taking a stand for it. Now we're getting in the BBC News going, oh, well, this is a real problem. Yeah. Now we're knocking on Oliver Dowden's door and going, what the fuck are you doing? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> and there's a real power there. And there's a real, I get quite excited by it. Yeah. Where it, there's a real opportunity over the next five years. You know, we look at where the music industry was three years ago. Yeah. How different it is now. What's to say it can't change for the better in the next five years? Oh, um, d- definitely. It moves, it changes so quickly. You've just got to, like you said, you just you just got to jump on it while you can and just not not force a change. That sounds too hard, but like yeah, really advocate <laughs> like <laughs> like, really, like you said, knock that first domino over, and then hopefully it all just click 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 click. And hopefully, like you said, in five years' time, we can see maybe not like the complete change because like you never really get true change over a short period of time like that becomes over a long period of time but we can get the initial startings of a change that will not reverse or u-turn or anything like that and hopefully this is kind of where it starts not this podcast like i'm not that arrogant i think (laughs) think it is i I feel it (laughs) but i mean like like with like with artists like i was talking to you before we came on like frank turner artists like him who's massive advocate for new music while he's still successful, so his voice will be listened to. Can, and can a, you imagine if, like, I mean, Dave Grohl's been doing it a little yeah. bit, but can you imagine if Ed Sheeran, Adele and Beyonce, like the three powerhouses yeah. of the industry, turn around and go, well, we're not going to play anymore until you sort out what's going on with the new music. We're yeah. going to put half of what we make it back into, or maybe put in 1% of what you make to yeah. solve the whole problem. But um, as soon as people like that turn up, turn around and genuinely go, like Frank Turner, every single week, and a live stream to support different venues. Yeah. So he's put his money where his mouth is and he's backed it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's so many artists that have gone, oh, this is terrible. But then sort of sat back in their comfy chair. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, where's my martini? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and thank you so much for being aware of the problem and speaking out. Fucking do something about it yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not helping if you don't. <laughs> you're showing it's okay to go, oh, that's awful, and then sit back down. Yeah. Um. And there's a lot to be said for that, and maybe I'm I'm far too blunt about it, but I think um, <laughs> I think sometimes you gotta be like it's it's if you yeah yeah if you're passionate about something why not yeah um, but yeah it's it, it it swings and roundabouts the whole thing, but I think yeah. so long as you know it all comes back to telling a story really so long as you're you know gonna push that in a in a way that is right yeah morally right and. And you're doing things that you do you truly believe in, and enough of you, you know, buy into that and push. Yeah. And why can't why can't you see changes? And yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Brilliant. Ah. Well, 
Lewis, it's been amazing talking. I could talk for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> As could I. I, know, but, I have well, I think we've too both many got, opinions. I know, we've both got lives and things to get on with. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but it's yeah. been a pleasure speaking and I really, really sort of am excited and enjoy and just share your passion for what you're doing at Shoot First <sighs> and sort of like long may it continue. <laughs> Oh, well, amen to that. Thank you very yeah, much. And no, no problem. And so if anybody would like to kind of get in touch with you or follow you to kind of find out hints and tips and all that sort of stuff, what's the sort of best place, your sort of social um, handles and contact? Either use smoke signals or carrier pigeons to, to <laughs> reach me. Are serious then? No. no. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's, smoke signal. What, am I missing an account? <laughs> <laughs> there's a... There's, we have a, a light down in London. If you go down to Barbican, there's a shoot first light. If you shine up into the sky at midnight, yes. I'll come running um, and we'll fix all your new music problems. It's a big L. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little wings on the side. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be your Batman. And there's your title for the. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Got the title for the episode. <laughs> um, no, we're... Uh, oh, shit, I've ruined it now. We're... Uh, um, you can find us on at shootfirstuk. Yep. Um, website www.shootfirstuk.com because um, shoot first was taken. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, absolute pleasure. Thank you so much yeah, for having no me. Problem. I really do it's, appreciate it. It's been terrific talking, and I look forward to all the new releases from your brilliant artists. <sighs> yes. Well, and likewise, I look forward to listening to more of these podcasts. They're excellent. Brilliant. Thank you very much. All right, catch you later. And we're done. (laughs) So there you have it. That was my chat with Lewis Spears from Shoot First. He's a great guy. And honestly, we could have talked for hours and hours and hours. And looking at the counter now, I do think this is going to be the longest episode of Inside the Industry to date. So yeah, another one to beat maybe next week. And speaking of next week, I'll be talking to the brilliant team behind No Man's Land. It's a great festival featuring nothing but female artists. A whole one-day festival going on the 14th of August up in Manchester. Um, And I got to speak to Katie, Eden and Neve, who are the three women pioneering this brilliant festival that hopefully will cause ripples and create a change. But yeah, that's all to come next week. So do go give us a like and a follow at Barstool underscore music on Instagram and Twitter at Barstool Music UK on Facebook to be notified when that is about to drop. Also, as you know, Wednesday night sees the return of the Barstool Music Show on Switch Radio and I will actually be interviewing one of Shoot First's um, support, like artists that they are supporting, Eddie's House, as they have just dropped their debut EP. So, yep, please do tune in there to get an interview with them. It's a great EP with some brilliant sort of post-punk songs. And to kind of round off the podcast, I thought I'd play another one of Lewis's artists who we've actually featured on the podcast and has a brand new song coming out this June um, on the 18th. It's a brilliant single. But before then, here is a taste of her previous single. Her name is Gabrielle Say, and this is her previous release white noise it's out now so if you do enjoy it please do go add it to your playlist it's a brilliant song to relax to and once again i've been luke knowles you've been listening to another episode of inside the industry hope you've enjoyed it and until next week keep safe and i'll see you again soon it's been time since we chilled out where you been where you been all my life You've been spending more time with us, 
you really don't care now I wanna be alone, is it wrong? See a little speck and then you moan Nitpicking, tongue slipping You need to leave it alone, noise All I hear is, what did you or did you say? What did you say? All I hear is white noise All I hear is, what did you or did you say? What did you say? Yes, I'm ignoring you Say by the bell, cause I don't wanna talk no more. Sick of explaining the reasons why. Justifying my life, and I've had enough. I think that you should back up, back up. Cause I wanna be alone, is it wrong? Say a little speck and then you moan. Nitpicking, tongue snipping. Yes, you need to leave it alone. Say, what did you say? All I hear is white noise. All I hear is, what did you, what did you say? What did you say? I'm like, na 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 na. Step off of my fight now. Na 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 na. Oh, I can't hear you anymore. No, I'm like, na 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 na. Please step off of my fight now.